plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Hey folks, it's Greg Allman with the Tampa Bay Times and tampabay.com coming to you on episode 63 of the Locked on Bucks podcast. Uh, coming off a quiet Tuesday, it is Wednesday morning. Uh, Bucks getting ready for a home game Sunday against the Oakland Raiders. Uh, no practice on Tuesday, but they'll be back out there this afternoon. Uh, get our first look on the injury front this afternoon. Uh, still waiting to see if or when a couple of key Buccaneers could come back from injury. Uh, that's Doug Martin. That's Robert Ayers. That's Clinton McDonald. Uh, curious to see where things stand for Lewis Murphy as well as he comes back from his knee. Uh, that'll come this afternoon. Uh, we'll have that certainly in tomorrow's podcast. But for now, uh, just catching up on Tuesday. Uh, lots to talk about as the Bucks at 3-3 three and three get ready for a three-game homestand here. Big opportunity, even if they took two out of three in this homestand, for them to be 5-4 and four, uh, headed into the stretch of the season would be right there in the thick of things for the uh, NFC wild card chase. Uh, something we wrote about for today's newspaper in today's Times uh, is a word that Dirk Cutter uses a lot. Uh, you know, if you guys have... Listen to the podcast. Dirk Cutter uh, is very specific and very detailed in how he prepares for games. Um, definitely has an appreciation for, uh, as much as we kind of got headlines last year that Dirk Cutter wasn't an analytics guy, wasn't a stat guy. Uh, had some comments where he didn't like certain stats and people that study only the numbers. But Dirk is very much a numbers guy, if you listen to him. Uh, has a list of eight or nine things that he needs from his team in every game, and these are things that he's closely linked to success in the NFL. Uh, number one on that list, as is the case for most teams, is turnover margin. Uh, Bucks have certainly shown in the last two weeks how much uh, that can help a team. You know, plus four against Carolina in the win there. Uh, sorry, a little stuffy this morning, so I apologize for sounding congested and nasally. Uh, plus four against Carolina, uh, forced another three turnovers in the win against San Francisco on Sunday. So turnover margin is certainly at the top of the list. But the next most important thing for him is something he calls explosives. Um, and by most NFL standards, an explosive is a play of 20 yards or longer. Uh, Dirk is a little bit more nuanced and detailed in what he considers an explosive. He charts explosives as any run of 12 yards or more or any pass of 16 yards or more. Um, and listening to him on his weekly radio show Monday night, uh, his goal in any game is to have eight explosives in the game. So eight plays where they run for 12 or more or pass for 16 or more. They had 11 uh, in Sunday's win in San Francisco. Uh, that's their highest of the year. They had had nine against the Rams in a close loss there. Uh, had eight in the win against the Falcons. But 11, the most he's had. Uh, and he very much tracks not only the explosives that the Bucks have offensively, but the explosives that the Bucks give up defensively and uses to those two turn, those two stats to create like a, an explosives differential, if you will. So uh, if the Bucks had 11 on Sunday against San Francisco and gave up eight as they did, uh, then they're plus three for the game. And if you can win that battle, it's like turnover margin. If you can win that battle, 
he feels like it's very closely correlated to uh, winning on the scoreboard. Uh, so we took a lot of time to go back yesterday, kind of chart things and look, okay, here we've literally created a stack. Uh, so who benefits the most from that? Who's the worst at that? Uh, was curious to see that if you chart all 32 teams and their, uh, their turnover differential, what you find first and foremost is that the Buccaneers uh, aren't very good in this department. As much as this is a key metric, as much as they've done well to be 3-3, three and three, uh, Buccaneers are tied for the fourth worst team in the NFL in explosive differential. Uh, they have put together 42 of them offensively, but they've given up 50 of them. Uh, so they're at minus 8. Uh, only teams that are worse than the Bucs in the NFL uh, are the Chiefs, who they face in four weeks, uh, the Raiders, who they face on Sunday, and the 49ers team they just beat uh, in San Francisco over the weekend. Uh, 49ers are minus 25. Uh, again, Buccaneers, fourth worst at minus eight. And then way out there, the Pluto of this uh, solar system is the Niners at minus 25. Oakland is minus 16. Chiefs minus nine. Um, and again, this this in looking at this, it's curious in that there's not a direct, the best teams are positive, the best teams are worse. Uh, because, again, uh, if you look at, you know, the Chiefs are four and two. Okay, they're at minus nine. The Raiders are five and two. They're at minus 16. So with the Raiders, again, Dirk Cutter pointed out the number one thing is turnover margin. So the Raiders are one of the best teams in the NFL at turnover margin. That can overcome what is clearly uh, trouble with the explosives. Best teams in the NFL, if you're wondering, uh, the Atlanta Falcons are plus 18. Uh, Cardinals are plus 14. Cowboys are plus 13. Panthers are plus 12. Uh, Broncos plus 11, Patriots plus 10. So almost all of those very good teams. Of course, Carolina is 1-5 and five and still somehow uh, high up in the explosives differential there. So anyway, what, what, what's curious to me is that uh, Dirk brings this up the week before they face an Oakland team that has given up an NFL high 64 explosives. Uh, a lot of the excitement around this team is Derek Carr, uh, Michael Crabtree, and, and Amari Cooper. Uh, very talented young offense they have uh, but defensively this Oakland team has struggled uh, they do well as we said with turnovers uh, they create a lot of turnovers but in terms of yards and big plays among the NFL's worst uh, plays allow pass plays of 40 yards or longer Oakland tied for the most in the NFL with nine including seven in the second half so if you want to throw on Oakland in the second half Nobody worse than the NFL at stopping big plays. Seven 40-yard pass plays in the second half of games against Oakland this year. 50-plus, uh, 50-yard pass plays. Uh, they've given up six. That's also tied for the most in the NFL. The Bucks have allowed three, uh, so they're no slouch there either. But in terms of big plays downfield, uh, Oakland tends to be a vulnerable team for that. Uh, we had talked early in the year about how Buccaneers had problems with Long pass plays. Uh, gave up 40-yard passes. Two of them against the Falcons. Two of them against the Cardinals. Two of them against the Rams. Uh, they've managed to clamp down on that a little bit. Uh, have not allowed any pass plays of 40 yards or more in the last two games. So shut down Carolina that way. Shut down San Francisco that way. I think the longest play they allowed against San Francisco was 24 yards. And that was like a tight end play. Uh, so did a very good job these last two games of eliminating these big long pass plays. Uh, they'll be challenged to do that against an Oakland team that throws the ball fairly well deep. They only have three pass plays of 40 yards or more. Uh, but, you know, Amari Cooper's definitely a deep threat. Michael Crabtree uh, is a guy that can beat you deep. 
So they're going to have to be careful about that. That's not uh, an easy play for them, but it's something they've done well as a defense here in the last two weeks, just as the defense has picked up in takeaways. Uh, they've also clamped down in terms of giving up big plays. Another thing we want to talk about with the Raiders is penalties. Uh, Buccaneers, as we mentioned last week, among the most improved teams in the NFL. Uh, tied for the NFL lead last year. Uh, now they are tied. Now they're 25th in penalties, like bottom quarter of the league, uh, 23rd in penalty yards. So Bucks are, are very much improved as a team, reducing their penalties. Uh, Oakland Raiders, on the other hand, tied for most penalties, second in yards, 63 penalties. That's 22 more than the Bucks this year. And they're at 528 yards of penalties. So Raiders having a big problem with penalties. Uh, the Jaguars game this past week, both teams over 10 penalties, both teams over 100 yards of penalties. So it was a real problem there. Uh, the, the Raiders offensive line, I want to talk about in particular, we'd mentioned yesterday, uh, Raiders have given up an NFL low seven sacks. So you'd think, wow, uh, they've done a really good job as an offensive line, keeping teams away from Derek Carr, protecting their quarterback. One of the reasons they're able to do that is they lead the NFL with 20 offensive holding penalties. Uh, they're in the top two in the NFL with 13 false starts. So right there, uh, that's like 250 yards in penalties right there. Obviously, there's not a loss of down with a hold, uh, but 20 holds is 200 yards in yards your offense has lost. Uh, Buccaneers, by comparison, just to give you a, a frame of reference, and the Buccaneers have gotten a lot better as an offensive line, but... Oakland has 20 holds, Buccaneers have nine. Oakland has 13 false starts, Bucks have six. So twice as many penalties on the offensive line as the Bucks do. Uh, so for the Bucks defensive line and for their pass rush, uh, I would think this week there's a focus not only on getting sacks and trying to get to Derek Carr, but trying to force penalties, trying to do things that clearly pressure causes in these Raiders. Uh, there's not too much difference between seven sacks and 20 holds and 15 sacks and 15 holds, okay? It just backs things up. Obviously, a sack has the threat of a turnover and the loss of down and stuff like that. But uh, to have 20 holds in seven games means three times each game you're backing your team up into what usually is a drive killer. Uh, you put yourself in first and 20 and second and 16 with a hold. Uh, that's going to be a punt more often than not. Uh, we talked about the deep ball and Oakland's vulnerability there. Uh, they have five defensive holds this year. They have six defensive pass interferences. So that's in addition to all the deep balls they've given up. They've also had a high number of penalties in the secondary, avoiding pass plays by drawing flags. Uh, so something else to keep an eye on for Sunday this week is, is how the Bucks handle uh, the potential for penalties from this Oakland team. Uh, I do want to mention... Uh, Bucks did have a transaction, or not a transaction, but a tryout yesterday. Tuesday is usually tryout day in the NFL, uh, bringing people in while the players had the day off. And was curious to see uh, that the Buccaneers brought in Nate Washington, who is a veteran receiver, has been uh, in the league a long time with the Steelers, with the Titans, with the Texans last year. Uh, Nate Washington is 33 years old. So, again, Lewis, Lewis Murphy, young compared to Nate Washington. Uh, he's up in Vincent Jackson territory in terms of longevity in the league. Uh, but to his credit, Nate Washington has continued to be a productive receiver, has had at least 40 catches in each of the last eight seasons. Uh, he will be hard-pressed to do that this year because he hasn't been in the league the first seven weeks of the season. Uh, but the Bucks brought him in. Uh, no signings to report yet, but I find it curious that they even brought him in and that they, as far as we know, have Lewis Murphy coming back 
uh, from injury. Uh, usually the Bucks only carry five wide receivers. Uh, you kind of know right now that Mike Evans and Adam Humphreys and Cecil Shorts and Russell Shepard are going to be four of them. Uh, right now, the fifth is Freddie Martino, who's kind of just a placeholder right now uh, until Lewis Murphy comes back. Uh, if Murphy didn't come back, for instance, if he had a setback from his knee recovery coming off ACL surgery, then it would make sense to look at somebody who might be an upgrade uh, to your top five receivers. That would also suggest that Dante Dye, who's on the practice squad, is not seen as a viable number five receiver. Uh, so again, they might just be kicking the tires on this, but in seeing them bring in Nate Washington for a workout, a uh, 33-year-old receiver, it makes me wonder uh, what they've seen from Lewis Murphy, how quickly he could come in. Because if Murphy comes in and, and becomes one of your top three receivers, uh, that puts a guy like Shorts as your number four or five receiver. You, you've got pretty good depth there. You're already paying Shorts uh, a million bucks as a veteran to, to come in and kind of be a proven, established veteran backup uh receiver. So curious to see what happens from Nate Washington's tryout yesterday. By the time this podcast comes out, we could have news on a transaction. But for now, uh, new moves, no moves announced yet. So uh, that's what we have today. Uh, we'll have a lot more Wednesday for Thursday on the next podcast to update injuries. We'll be talking to players in the locker room. Uh, we get Jack Del Rio today on the phone, on the teleconference. We'll get Khalil Mack as well. Uh, Raiders are down in Bradenton at IMG this week. I had hoped to go down there yesterday. I uh, had a schedule conflict where I couldn't, but the Raiders are right here. So they're not going to have to worry about normal travel on a Friday going across the country. They're just going to have to be used to spending an entire week practicing away from their facility, uh, sleeping in a hotel, all those kind of things. I'm sure that's still uh, something they'd prefer over flying back and forth a second week in a row across the country. So... Lots more to get to as the week goes on here. Uh, we'll have much more on the Thursday and Friday podcast to preview this game on Sunday. Uh, should have a good crowd on Sunday. They're giving away those Jameis Winston starting lineup figures uh, for all that are in attendance at the game on Sunday. Uh, Dirk Cutter is clearly uh, concerned about the number of Raiders jerseys in the stands, uh, imploring Bucks fans to uh, not sell their tickets to a Raiders fan, but to give their tickets as early Christmas gifts to other Bucks fans other fans that'll show up wearing Bucks colors in the stands on Sunday. Anyway, this will wrap things up. Thank you guys very much. Episode 63 in the books here on the Locked on Bucks podcast. Thank you guys for listening uh, for the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com. This is Greg Allman. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks again. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At MetroPCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to MetroPCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.